hope it's not getting old. There's nothing more important in life than knowing God. Nothing. There is nothing in life more important than knowing God. And I'm convinced that knowing God is the key to life. Now, not a health, wealth, gospel thing. Not if you know God well, you don't suffer. Not, nothing like that. Everybody suffers, right? It's, it's like Job says, you know, sparks fly up. We're just like flarks, sparks fly upward. We all suffer. You can't get away from it. It's just reality. But the, the question is, will you do well with suffering? If you know God, you're going to do well. It's still going to, it's still going to be hard, but you're going to be okay. If you don't know well, God well, it doesn't go well. I am absolutely convinced. I tell my students this all the time. You can have an awesome life. Everyone can have an awesome life. There is nothing that can happen to you that can stop you from having an awesome life. That doesn't mean you won't suffer. But if you know God well, you'll know how to respond to the suffering well. And that's why I just love talking about the attributes of God. And we're continuing the study tonight. Okay, so I'll begin with a couple quick questions. And you guys help me raise some hands because um, I want you to vote on a couple things, all right? Three quick things. Pretend you have a neighbor, okay? And your neighbor has a bigger house than you. A bigger house, a nicer house, a more expensive house than yours. Is it okay to be jealous? How many of you say yes? Raise your hand. How many of you say no? Oh, you guys are awesome. Okay, you guys are awesome. Very good. Question number two. Your other neighbor has a really, really nice car. It is a very expensive car. It's a very cool car. It's a very desirable car. It is much nicer than anything you've ever driven. And you notice his car is super nice. Here's the question. Is it okay to be jealous over your neighbor's car? How many of you say yes? How many? Okay, Ben, I did not see your hand. Okay, so I'm not even going to say anything, okay? We'll try to get that off the tape, man, yeah. Okay, how, ma how many of you say no? Okay, very good. That, that's a no vote. Number three, your other neighbor has been hanging around you a little bit. He comes over, he stops by. You notice he's very friendly with your wife. He begins flirting with your wife. And he becomes very flirtatious towards your wife. Is it okay for you to be jealous? How many say yes? How many say no? Okay. So you guys got what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the attribute of God's jealousy. What does it mean when we talk about God's jealousy? Here's the definition Grudem gives. God's jealousy means that God continually seeks to protect his own honor. And again, just because I'm using Grudem doesn't mean I agree with everything in his systematic theology. God's jealousy means that God continually seeks to protect his own honor. And when you first hear of God being jealous, it kind of seems odd, right? It kind of seems different. I've actually remembered in a sermon, I referenced, not recently, the jealousy of God and there's a brother who regularly attends with us and would not have been a, not a believer for a long time. He immediately stopped me at the door and he questioned that because in his mind, jealousy was a negative sinful attribute. Let's start with that, number one. Although often sinful, and it is often sinful, 
as we used in our illustration, being jealous of your neighbor's house or car. Galatians 5.20 is just one reference. There is a godly jealousy, a deep commitment to one's honor or welfare. And I want to show you a positive illustration. There's not a lot, but here's a positive illustration. 2 Corinthians 11. Paul writes in verse 3 and 4, Paul speaking, writing, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For talking to the Corinthian believers, I betrothed you to one husband so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, I have a godly jealousy for you. I want you spiritually to be what? Pure, committed, faithful to Jesus Christ and not to be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ as the serpent deceived Eve. So this is obviously a positive attribute that Paul would be jealous with a godly jealousy. We see that illustration there. So although, number one, often sinful, there is a godly jealousy, a deep commitment to one's honor or welfare. With that as a beginning, then we get to number two. God is characterized by jealousy. In fact, His name is jealous. Every now and then in the Bible, we have the Lord assigning a name to him. And remember, um, and this will help, and I'm going back to our former pastor, Dr. Custer, who said this many, many times, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad when it comes back to me. Names were more meaningful in the biblical time. Like I could say to you, why did you name your kid Aiden? You know, and it's probably, oh, I don't know, we like the name, okay? There was a day when names had meaning, and if someone said, why did you name your child Angela Joy, my oldest, it was because I prayed that she would be a messenger of joy and share the gospel with people. I'm not saying because I do it, you need to do it. I'm just saying people today, my mom and dad named me Greg because they wanted to name me Greg. They have no idea the Greek word means watchful one, okay? And I told them that once and they didn't care. All right, so it was different in the old times. So God's name is his character. Now watch Ezekiel 34, 14. The Lord says, You shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Not only is God jealous, but his name is jealous. Now, you say, what does that mean? Remember, names stand for character. So we could say, yes, it's legit. An attribute of God is jealous. And and I'm looking at like four or five different systematics, and they all cover this. God is a jealous God. How much? His name is jealous. Ezekiel 39.25, Thus says the Lord God, Now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. That's a good thing. God says, yes, I am jealous for my holy name. And remember, name means character. It's not like 
You know, I don't mean this in a silly way at all. It's not like my name's Yahweh, don't take my name. It's not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about his character as a person. God is jealous for his person. He is a jealous God. He is a God, to go back to the definition, who continually seeks to protect his own honor. So number one, although it is often sinful, there's a godly jealousy. We saw that with Paul. Number two, God is characterized by jealousy. His name is jealous. Number three, because God is jealous, we must not worship him with idols or images. So once we get used to thinking about jealousy in a positive way, even though it can be negative, and we realize that God himself embraces the term, you say, what does that mean practically? Number three, we must not worship him with idols or images. Exodus 20 Four or five, uh, you would know this is part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. This is the second commandment. The first commandment is you shall worship the one true God. But this is the second commandment. This is not telling you you shall worship the one true God. That was the first commandment, guys. This is the second commandment. This is not telling you who. This is telling you how. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath. I'm just going to apply it to us. No statues at Trinity. No statues. You say, Greg, why don't we put a statue of Jesus, right? I mean, I go to St. Francis Hospital to visit some of you, and there's Jesus, right? Big statue of him right there. No, we don't do that. Because the Bible says no idols, and at least not in any type or way associated with worship. We would obviously disagree with Catholics on this issue. So we don't have any type of idol, or likeness. And, and you want to be careful because, see, sometimes people think, yeah, I would never, like, you know, whatever, worship an idol. Well, that's good. That'll be my next point. But this is actually talking about the fact, thanks, Mike. This is actually talking about the fact you're not allowed to worship the one true God with the statue. So you might think, you know, I'm going to teach my kids how to pray to Jesus, but their kids, they're visual learners. I'm going to get a statue, and you're breaking the second commandment. And God is a jealous God. So God says, don't do that. That's Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and 5. Psalm 78, 58, they provoked him with their high places and aroused his jealousy with their graven images. So here it's very clear that the Lord is against the use of graven images. He's against the use of idols. We must not worship God with idols or images. Even if you were to say, but I'm going to worship the one true God. You are not allowed to use idols or images because he is a jealous God. That is what the scripture teaches. Number four, this one maybe is more obvious, but number four, because God is jealous, we must not worship other gods. So we don't even worship him with idols or images. We certainly would not worship other gods. 
Deuteronomy 32, 16 and 18. They made him jealous with strange gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons who were not gods, to gods whom they have not known, new gods who came lately, whom your fathers did not dread. You neglected the rock who begot you and forgot the God who gave you birth. And here are the Jewish people worshiping false gods. And God says, that makes me jealous. They made him jealous with strange gods. Deuteronomy 32, 16 through 18. Okay? So I always try to have the last point being a point of application And this one comes finally, it'll be from James, number five. God jealously yearns for our undivided worship. So God is a God who desires us to worship him faithfully. And he's jealous for that. And I'm going to read from James 4, 4 through 5 from the New King James. And if you have it on your phone, flip over to the New King James. It'll help you on this one. Adulterers and adulteresses. Okay, so we're talking about what? Someone who's not faithful. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the Scripture says in vain... Now, this gets challenging. There's, I'm going from memory, four different ways that are all grammatically correct to interpret this verse. In context, I would argue the New King James got it. Most miss it. The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. I'm going to do a quick plug for Rick. Rick likes sending out Greek studies, okay? So one day Rick will have fun and he'll do this one and send it out for us, okay? The Spirit, I'm going to argue this is the correct translation. It fits the context. It's one of those things, but you say, Greg, the other three ways of dealing with this, and you see it in some of your translations, they're grammatically correct. How do you know? Context. The Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. See, yearns jealously for me, not my Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers. And what is He jealous for? He's jealous for our affection. He doesn't want us to be adulterers and adulteresses. Go back to the opening illustration. Those of us that are married, we don't want our spouses to be adulterers and adulteresses. And if a neighbor did become flirtatiously too friendly, we would be rightfully jealous. The Holy Spirit lives within every believer and is rightfully jealous for our affection and wanting us not to commit sin by turning away into adultery, spiritual adultery. So James chapter 4, 4 through 5, I think, makes that clear. So jealousy is often sinful, but there is a godly jealousy, right? Paul said, I'm jealous with the godly jealousy too. That paves the way for us not to be too uncomfortable with. God is not only jealous, his name is jealous. What is he jealous with? Number four, number three, he is jealous that we don't worship him with idols or images. Number four, he's certainly jealous with that we must not worship other gods. And then finally, the blessed Holy Spirit that indwells us is jealous for our worship.
God is a jealous God. I, for many reasons, I trust you would understand. There are many reasons we would not, those of us who are married, there are many reasons why we should not flirt with other people. Many, many reasons. But there's at least one of the many. I would not want to hurt my wife. That's not the only one. But my wife has been a good wife. I am very thankful for Nancy, and I appreciate her. And if she were to walk around the corner one day and sees me flirting with another woman, it would hurt her. I mean, it would hurt her deeply. And I don't want to do that to her. So let's make that application. God has been absolutely awesome to all of us. I don't want to hurt him. So let's be committed to him. Let's not give any reason to him to be jealous as we would be involved in spiritual adultery, putting other things before him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word teaching us about jealousy, a word that we tend to think of as always being negative, and yet we see now that, yes, there is a godly jealousy. And you are rightfully jealous for your character, your name, your person. And we pray that we would take that seriously, and that would impact, Lord, our relationship with you. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.